Father God, we are just so grateful to be privileged to be called the children of God. We are so grateful for the gift of salvation. We are so grateful for the finished work of Calvary. The blood of Jesus that speaks for us better things every single day of our lives. We are so grateful for the gift of your word. We are so grateful for the gift of the helper and the comforter. The Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. That gives us utterance. That prepares our heart to receive from you. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. And thank you for what you have prepared again for us. Lord, we are grateful and we receive it with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, after listening to Pastor Carter this morning, I felt there was no need to preach again this afternoon. (laughs) Because he just took all my notes and, you know, (laughs) said everything. So I was like, well, what do I do? He says, go and repeat it. <laughs> Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. So it's good. If God wants us to repeat the same word, it's because there's need for emphasis. He says, once have I spoken, but twice we need to hear. Amen. Amen. And so I'll be speaking this afternoon on hearing God in the midst of chaos. Hearing God in the midst of chaos. Why do we need to hear God in the first place? I'm so thankful that our God is a relational God. I'm so grateful that we have a God that's not too far away and remote. I'm so grateful that we have a God that loves to talk to his children. If God did not talk to us, I just wonder what would have happened. Many of us would have been lost, would have no direction. We would not understand what's going on in our lives. So the most important thing that I see in our lives as Christians is the fact that we have a talking God. We have a God that can talk to us. We have a God that loves to fellowship with us. We have a God that loves to hang out with us. And that's because of his great love wherein he loves us. If you love someone, you want to spend time with that person. And that's exactly how God feels about you and I. He loves us so much, he wants to spend time with us. He wants to talk to us about what is in his heart. And he's really interested in what is in your heart. Hallelujah. It's important for us to understand that God is not an occasional God. God does not just come to us to visit. God wants to inhabit God wants to have a permanent residence in our hearts, in our circumstances, and our situations. Hallelujah. Right from the book of Genesis, we've come to understand that because of this great desire in the heart of God to fellowship 
which is creation. He went as far as saying, let us create man in our image and our likeness. And the main reason why God wanted us to be like him is so he could fellowship with us. He is spirit and we must commune with him by the spirit. So it says, create man in his image and his likeness. And God did that. In the image of God, he created us male and female. And we're able to commune with him. Because in the evening, the Bible says he will come in the, in, in the cool of the evening and talk to Adam and his wife. And it was at one such occasions that he came in the cool of the evening, and he found them hiding. It is sad when God wants to commune with us, and we're running away from that. We're running away from his presence. We're running away from communing with him. We're running away from fellowshipping with him. And there are so many reasons, and there may even be legitimate reasons on why we run from him or hide from him. But I really trust that by the grace and the spirit of the living God, we will put all those reasons aside and run towards him. In the name of Jesus. Because he said, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. And you wither. And you are gathered and thrown into the fire and burnt. So it is for our own good that we fellowship with God, that we commune with God, that we abide in him. Why do we have to do that? For direction, for guardians, for instruction. The Bible says in Isaiah 30, 21, he says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, so basically we come to crossroads in our lives where we don't know where to turn to, either the right or the left. And God reassures us that when that happens, we will hear a voice. And it will say, this is the way, take this way. Imagine if we didn't hear that voice. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 105, your word is a lamb to my feet and a light to my path. We need our path to be lit with the word of God that we may know how to walk and walk perfectly before him. In Deuteronomy 28, it says, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to choose carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. So our blessings, and then in verse 2 it says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you do what? Because you obey the voice of the Lord. So if we don't even hear the voice of the Lord. How can we obey? And our blessings are tied up to the obedience of his voice. So it is essential for you and I to hear the voice of God, to obey the voice of God, that we may be blessed. Amen.
One of the reasons why we also need to hear the voice of God is for protection. Is for our vision. Is for preservation. Hallelujah. It says in Leviticus 26.4, I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Isn't it wonderful that God has promised us that he will bless us with fruitfulness and multiplication. But we have to hear the voice of God. We have to hear his direction. We have to know his heart. Because just as the rain has a season, we also have seasons of blessings in our lives. He can only protect us through his word. In Psalm 91 verse 1 to 15, you know what it talks about. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. And then God gives us fantastic promises of his protection over us. But that only comes as we hear his voice. That comes as he tells us, do not go here, go there. We also need to commune and fellowship with God in order to fulfill our vision and to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. Every single one of us has a purpose why you are created, otherwise you wouldn't be alive today. You wouldn't be sitting here. Dorcas was such a woman. Her purpose was so impactful in her society that when she died, the people that she was a blessing to brought the work of her hands and they came to the apostle Peter and they said to him, this is why this woman cannot die. She has to come back. <laughs> and she was brought back. That's a woman with a purpose. Your purpose will preserve your life. Your purpose will keep you alive. Your purpose will break the power of death over your life. We are men and women of purpose. And we can only understand that purpose as we walk with God. The interesting thing though is that God does not always speak to us in the language we understand. Sometimes he speaks to us far above what we expect. We're expecting him to speak to us in a serene atmosphere where we are alone watching the sea, the river, with a cool breeze blowing over us and we are just feeling so good and so blessed and how much we love Jesus. It doesn't always happen like that. And I'd like to look at some of the ways in which God speaks to us and the signs that precede his coming. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 16 to 20, the Bible says, and I read, then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp, they trembled. And Moses brought out the people out of the camp to meet with God. <laughs> and they stood at the foot of the mountain. 
Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Somebody say fellowship. fellowship. Say communion. communion. God spoke and Moses answered him by a voice. Moses spoke and God answered him by a voice. But look at the things that preceded his coming. We were told thunderings, lightnings, thick cloud, the sound of a trumpet. And Moses brought the people. <laughs> Something really interesting happened. In verse 18, the people, somebody say the people. They witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. <laughs> but let not God speak with us, lest we die. So technically they were telling Moses, you know Moses, it's okay, you can go and die. <laughs> we are not ready to die. If this is what it takes for God to speak to us, the thundering, the lightning, the smoke, the fire, Oh, no, no, no. We don't want any of it. You go and deal with that. And whatever you say, <laughs> we will hear you. But you know, God wants to relate with each and every one of us. But sometimes he does not come to us in a way and manner that we expect. And so we stay afar off from his presence because we cannot see him in the thunder. We cannot hear him in the lightning. We cannot see him in the fire. We cannot see him with all those things that are so fearful. It also happened to Elijah. Remember Elijah who was running away from Jezebel in 1 Kings 19, 11 to 12. And he was angry and he was disillusioned. He was depressed. He went into the cave. In verse 11, God spoke to him and said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. <laughs> he says, come out of your cave. I want to talk to you. <laughs> and behold, the Lord passed by again. And a great and strong wind <laughs> tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. A great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks. Wind, earthquake, and fire. And after that, a still, small voice. Now, quite often, the things that create our noisy backgrounds 
may even be legitimate and could be ministry related or spiritual activities. But we have to know that there's a God that wants to commune with us at all costs, irrespective of the chaos around us. God still wants our ears. God still needs our heart. God still needs to speak to each and every one of us. And that takes us to the disciples in the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 3 to 15. Jesus sat on Mount Olives and his disciples came and they said to him, what would be the signs of your coming? And Jesus said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Which means one of the major signs of the coming of Jesus Christ will be a great deception. It says, be careful that you are not deceived. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that you are not troubled for all those things must come to pass. And then he just talked about nation rising against nation. They will deliver you, kill to tribulation, kill you, you'll be offended, you'll betray one another, you'll hate one another, and so on. And he says lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end will come. Hallelujah. What are we learning from the chaos around us, from the noise around us? You look at your country, you look all over the world, what is happening? Earthquakes everywhere, floods everywhere, economic downturn everywhere, terrorism everywhere. Things are just chaotic. And as you step into New York, when I came in with my daughters and my sister, I was saying, oh my God, New York reminds me of Lagos. And I said, why do they like honking so much in New York? <laughs> it's like we just need to up the noise level, you know? Everybody's screaming and shouting and, you know, it's just so noisy. Everybody is so busy. Everybody is literally running, even though they look like they're walking. And I'm like, what kind of city is this? <laughs> Hallelujah. But in the midst of all this chaos, God wants to speak to his people. In Isaiah 66 verse 6, the Bible says, The sound of noise from the city, but a voice from the temple. The voice of the Lord who fully repays his enemies. In the midst of the noise in the city, the Bible says there's a voice in the temple. Who is the temple of God? You and I. God is saying, in spite of what is going on around you, you listen to within, not without. <laughs> Hallelujah. We cannot be moved with the noise around us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of God. He inhabits us and he wants us to understand that the voice is from within, not without. So irrespective of what is going on, irrespective of the noise in your life, you can still hear him. 
Hallelujah. In the book of Luke chapter 12, then he said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the wind, out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, you, you say there will be hot weather. And there is. Hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you do not discern this time? The noise around the city, the wind that is blowing, contrary winds that is blowing, not just outwardly, but in your life. The pressures, the wind, the storm, the earthquakes, the flooding, the shaking you're going through is meant to cause you to understand and have a discernment of your season. When we look at the physical and we see the wind and we see the clouds gather, we say, oh, it's about to rain, isn't it? And God says, yes, that is an accurate interpretation. How come you are not able to interpret the season you are in? with the storms that's going on in your life, with the earthquakes, with the contrary wind. Did I not tell you that my coming is always preceded by earthquakes, by shakings? Did I not tell you the storm will come? Did I not tell you the thunder will be there? Did I not tell you there will be lightning? If you can look at the sky, and see the clouds gather in their darkness and say it's about to rain. How come you are not able to discern my season in your life? <laughs> By the things you're going through. Everything is falling apart in my life. That's just an earthquake. Is the Lord announcing his coming. There's a shaking in my life. The Lord is behind it because he must shake everything out of your life until only that which cannot be shaken will remain. His coming is always preceded by these sounds, the fire. Yes, you have to have fire in your life. Otherwise, you would never realize the fourth man in your fire. communing with us and he's announcing his coming. He's announcing our season. He's announcing something is about to happen in the challenges of our lives and in everything that we go through. Hallelujah. In Hosea chapter 6, it says, let us return to the Lord. He has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established like the mountain. And he will come to us like the rain. Like the latter rain and the former rain. There's no rain, I don't know about this country, but in Africa and in Nigeria, if it's going to rain, you will know it. First of all, the wind will begin to blow the dust from the ground, enough to blind you. 
Then the clouds will become dark. Then there will be thunder and lightning and all kinds of fearful things. But you see, everything that's happening is to announce the rain. Is to say that the rain is coming. I don't know what we're going through as a nation. All the earthquakes, all the rumblings, all the thundering, all the fire. It looks like everybody is in the fire. Things are just not working out. I'm here to tell you that God is just announcing that the rain is coming. No matter, no matter the thunderstorms, no matter the fire, no matter the earthquakes and the shaking that is going on, it cannot stop the revival that is coming. It cannot stop it. It cannot stop it. The devil can do whatever he wants in Nigeria. He cannot stop the revival coming in Nigeria. He can't. We're going through some fire. We're going through some earthquake. We're going through some storms, some heavy storms. The number of Christians that are killed on a daily basis has become so common we have lost count. But I'm telling you, just like Herod tried to take the life of Jesus Christ before his manifestation, nobody and no principality, no power, no demon in hell can stop the purpose of God for Nigeria. They can't stop it. They can't stop it. The earthquakes and thundering and everything is announcing the rain. Is announcing the rain and the rain is coming. The latter rain is coming. The former rain is coming. The rain of his glory, the rain of his spirit. If only you will hang in there. What you are going through in your life is an announcement that the rain is coming. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. Jesus crossed over, was in the boat with his disciples. And as he crossed over, the Bible says there was a great windstorm. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already feeling. But he was asleep and the disciples were scared. And they said, Master, do you not care that we're perishing? He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, that wind that came into your boat was actually to test you and find out if you truly believe if Jesus is in your boat. You say, Jesus is Lord of my life. He will never leave me or forsake me. How come that when you're going through a contrary period and the wind is buffeting at your boat and threatening to throw you over, how come you begin to doubt his presence? 
how do you start shouting, oh Jesus, where are you? And all the time he was in that boat with you. And he said to the disciples, oh ye of little faith. He's like, what's your problem? I'm right in here. The wind is subject to me. The storm is subject to me. And I'm in your boat. I am in your boat. I am in your boat. I am in your boat. Is somebody hearing me today? I am in your boat. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I am in your boat, oh ye of little faith. They can't do anything to you. He's in the boat. Hallelujah. 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 And all the time at night, the disciples were in the boat and Jesus came walking on the water and they were so scared. They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus said, relax, it's me. <laughs> and Peter, my elder brother, <laughs> said, if it's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, Oya, come. <laughs> the way we say it in Nigeria, Oya, come now. <laughs> and he stepped out of the boat. And then he observed the wind. He says, oh God, help me, I'm going to die. <laughs> and Jesus stepped into the boat. And he caught him. He says, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Some of the wind that comes into our boats is to prepare us for the miraculous. Yes. <laughs> hey! Hey! Somebody's gonna walk on water! Somebody's gonna walk on water! Somebody's gonna walk on water! announcing that Jesus Christ is bringing you into another level. It's the level of the miraculous. It's the level of walking on water. Hey! Hallelujah! If you knew that was what was going to happen, you would just say, Satan, blow the wind, blow it some more. I'm just about to walk on water. Hallelujah! Praise the name of the Lord. What about the earthquakes? <laughs> In the book of Haggai, the Lord said, I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory. Everything that's not of him will be shaken out until only that which is of him remains. Hallelujah. The shaking that's going on is that he may fill his house with his glory. 
is that he may fill his temple with his glory. And you are the temple of the Lord. And this is the house of the Lord. The church of the Lord is also the temple of the Lord. And God is bringing back his glory into his house. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. What about the sign of his end times? The sign of wars that will come. Where it says in the book of Matthew 24 that there will be wars and rumors of wars and all of that that precedes the coming of Jesus Christ. And when we read about these wars, James chapter 4 verse 1 to 5 says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members. You lost and do not have. You murder and covert and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. The wars we experience in our lives is the war between the flesh and the spirit. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you want. I am so happy that I know the end result about this war that's going on in my life. It's a war between the flesh and the spirit. But I know that the spirit is stronger. Amen. Therefore, this flesh is going to lose this battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What about tribulation? The tribulations that happen that says at the end of the time before Jesus comes, there will be tribulations and so on and so forth. This is the interpretation. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root. In himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. I don't know about you, and I'm sorry I don't have any other news to give you. But you cannot avoid the tribulations and persecutions. They are part of the package. And they carry with it a blessing. One of the ways he shows us that he's coming is through tribulations. And he says the tribulations and the persecutions come to test our roots. Are you rooted and grounded in him? You will know when that trouble comes. You will know when that trouble comes, when you are easily shaken, when you run out of church, when you turn your back on the faith, just because you are going through a hard time, then your roots are not deep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What about famines? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We must go through seasons of hunger. 
There are seasons of hunger. Farming for the word of God. Farming for the true word of God. And there's a farming all over the place now for the true undiluted, incorruptible word of God that is able to save our lives. That's why I thank God for a house like this that is founded on the word of God. That stands on the word of God. Because we hear all kinds of doctrines, all kinds of teachings going around that are totally unsubstantiated by the word of God. In the last days, he says, there'll be a farming for the true word of God. But blessed are those who hunger. There is a hunger that is a blessing. Do you understand? There's a hunger that is a blessing. There's a hunger that is good. God is looking for the hungry and those who are hungry for his word. Those who are hungry for the pure word of God. Those who are hungry for the undiluted word of God. No matter how hard it comes, they are ready. Hit me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. The last point I have, you're going to have offense and betrayals is one of the signs of his coming. At the end times, that's what the Bible says. says they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he... Who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Offenses must come. Betrayals will come. But they are not enough to take me out of fellowship with God. They should not be enough to take you out of church. They should not be enough to stop you from being a Christian. Do you understand? You are no greater than your master. And if your master Jesus Christ went through betrayals and he went through all kinds of you know, offenses, then what makes you think that we will be exempted from it? Every Judas must complete his assignment in my life. You don't understand. Judas has a ministry. And without Judas fulfilling his ministry, I won't enter into mine. Judas has to fulfill his ministry that I may fulfill mine. The betrayals and offenses are not enough. Reason. For you to leave church. For you to turn your back on God. He's coming. And he's announcing it with offenses. And betrayals. Peradventure you take offense and leave. And then he comes and your seat is empty. The word here. Is he who endures 
to the end. It's not he who started, but he who endures to the end. God is speaking to us. And he's preceding his coming with thunder, with earthquakes, with lightning, with shakings. Is somebody listening to me? With trials, with persecutions, with tribulations, with temptations, with offenses. Do you understand? With betrayals. Are you going to hang in there to the end? He's coming to us like the rain. But the rain is always preceded by a thunder. He spoke to Moses, but it was preceded by an earthquake, by lightning. But Moses hung in there, and God spoke to him, and he spoke back to God. Are you going to hang in there and let God speak to you in spite of the earthquake? The voice is from within, the still small voice of God. There is nothing happening around us that can affect that voice. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. Nothing shall separate us from your love. No persecution, no earthquake, no thunder, no trial, no tribulation, no famine, no war, nothing shall be able to take us out of your love. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Father God, we lift up our voices to you tonight, oh God. I ask for your grace. I ask for your help. I ask for your strength to come upon your children that are going through some earthquakes. Everything is shaking and falling apart in their lives. Lord, I pray that they will hear you in the earthquake. Lord, that they will be able to understand why those things are happening to them. And when they cannot understand, that they will choose to trust you. Father, I pray for everyone that's going through one storm or the other. Help them to understand you are right there with them. The storm may not cease. The storm may not come to an end right now, but let them understand, oh God, that even in that storm, you are preparing them to walk on water. Thank you, oh God, that we're counted worthy to suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ. From today, we cease from complaining and we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice. Hallelujah. We rejoice that we're counted worthy to suffer. 
for the sake of Jesus Christ. Lord, as the clouds gather, let the rain fall. Give us an understanding and a discernment of our times and our seasons. And help us to track our seasons with you, Lord. Father God, we thank you. For everyone who is here, we receive great grace. In the name of Jesus, we receive strength. In the name of Jesus, we declare that we are not thrown in the towel. We declare that we will not quit. Whatever needs to be shaken out of our lives, Lord, let your word have a free course. Shake it out. That your glory alone will remain in your temple, whose temple we are. Father God, we thank you. We bless your name, oh God. Because we will enter into our promised land. And nothing shall by any means harm us. We will not be stopped in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.